Welcome to another episode of the Heath Bar, folks. I'm sitting down with Katie Dwyer. Not really sitting down with her, but you get the idea. It's, it's, what would you call it? Uh, I don't want to call it the new normal because I like hanging out with people, but it's uh, normal for now. Let's call it that. Let's call it normal. Let's call it normal for now. Anyway, chatting with Katie. Uh, we're going to talk about her uh, recent release and just uh, some songwriting stuff that she's um, been doing for quite a while and uh, um, just what it's like um, being where she lives and what she does. And I really want to talk to her about Twitch because she's pretty active on that and I don't know a damn thing about it. So I'm hoping we get to talk about that a little bit, but... In the meantime, um, if you want to check out more about the Heath Bar podcast, you can check out the heathbarpodcast.com. I have all of the episodes up there as well as books I'm reading and all the other jazz that's going on with me. You can find out there. And uh, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun doing this. I'm really excited for this conversation. I've been wanting to talk with her for a couple years now and I was hoping to do it in person, but it's just the way, way it works. It's a lot easier to do this stuff virtually. So um, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen at the Heath Bar, let's give it up for Katie Dwyer. Welcome to the Heath Bar, where the conversations are always on tap. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to do this. This uh, I think the... I think we've only met once, if I remember correctly, like in person. Um, singing Doze? Was yes. that what it was? It was Singing okay. Doze like two, yeah. maybe three years ago. I can't remember now. It was a while ago. Yeah, it was. I think, I don't know. I I want I went to two of them in a row, so it could have been okay. either one, I guess. I think um, it was the I last one. I had a baby. Did I have a baby on me or you- was I... Did have a baby on you. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So two years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. She's like, she's uh, two and a half now or almost two and a half. Okay. So yeah. Gotcha. She was just a little peanut then. Yeah. So she's just a few months older than mine. So that's right. Because ours was brand new. And uh, yeah. And it was, it was cool to, to, to meet you briefly, even though it was very, very briefly. But, you know, I obviously had heard about you for quite a while. And, um, so I'm really glad that we're able to, able to chat and make this happen. I was putting it off cause I wanted to do all this in person cause it's so much more I know, fun, but I really it's did hard. Too. Yeah. But who knew that it was going to take like more than a year, right? Past the one year mark. Like, I don't think anybody really guessed that until we were several months in and we're like, okay, wow, this is Yep. It's going to be a while, isn't it? <laughs> hunker down, hunker down for sure. And that's what happened to me is I'll, like, I'll, I didn't do that many episodes last year at all. And a lot of it was just because I couldn't connect with people and meet up. Um, yeah. And then it just, I, f- I think I just got sick of it. I'm like, you know, I could easily just do this right here, make it virtual. And the cool thing too is now I get to record the video. So then I get to throw a YouTube video up on top of having the audio. So that's new for me. So it's just took me a while to catch up, but here I, here I am, here we are. And it's going to yeah, be a good time. I think we all kind of went through that too. So, you know, like you're not <laughs> alone in the trying to, you know, virtualize everything we do, which is kind of just 
sad too because, you know, like I love the idea of us meeting like at a bar and having right. a beer. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. That sounds really fun. Absolutely. So eventually. Someday. Yeah, this this hopefully is not the only time we'll we'll get to do this. Because, um, yeah, at one point it would be it'd be nice to do all this stuff again. And I've, I've always been a social person. I've always liked the outdoors and like being around people. And um, that's probably been my biggest challenge this year. And there's been a few times I've noticed myself liking being alone, which is new for me because I never, mm. ever enjoyed that. And um, yeah, it's it's funny what this year has done just for, I think, everyone involved. But uh, here we are, 2021 yeah. now and moving forward. So, um, well, let's... Uh, I've got a, like a, a list of questions I want to ask you, but I don't want to just go down a list because then it's not a fun conversation. But um, <laughs> let's start. I do want to start with just um, how long have you been doing music and uh, kind of talk through what got you into songwriting for yourself and putting your own stuff out there. And then from there, I'm sure we're going to bounce off into a hundred other topics. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I love those kind of open questions. Um, I think... Well, so I've been songwriting for like as long as I can remember. Um, you know, when I was like a little kid, I was making up lyrics and just singing. And I thought I was a little princess and I was just singing my songs running around the backyard. <laughs> and I think that's kind of how it started. Um, and then my dad played guitar and I was always really interested. So he got me one when I was like nine um, and I just learned how to accompany myself. And um, I don't know, I think it just kind of went from there. But I was also really shy, not in general. I, I was, you know, I think most people would say that I was extroverted. And I was always, you know, willing to make friends. And that didn't make me nervous. But um, you know, singing in front of people, I would not do that when I was a kid or a teen. Um, and it took me a really long time to be comfortable with my own material enough to actually play it anywhere and show people. So, um, it, I actually get a little bit bummed when I think about that because I think like maybe with a little bit more, like if I had, you know, some people pushing me a little harder, then I think maybe some of those songs wouldn't be forgotten. Cause I think there's a lot of songs that, I, that just, you know, like, I never recorded them and mm -hmm. I didn't show anyone and I don't remember them. So sure. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of sad. But um, yeah, I think like at the end of high school is when I sort of started to feel more comfortable. I kind of joined a little band and um, so I was singing with other people and that was a comfortable thing. Like I was fine with that and I was good at harmonizing. So I really kind of took to being like um, a backing vocalist. That was a lot more comfortable for me. And then um, I think it was maybe even right after I graduated high school that um, I wrote some songs that I was confident enough in that I would play them at like open mic nights and local coffee shops. And I started getting you know, like some compliments on it. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'm not horrible. And I should probably like, you know, keep writing and stuff. Yeah. Was it, was it mostly, uh, I mean, before you started the, the coffee shops and that, did you like play to your family? Like, hey, there's some stuff I wrote. 
just getting then just getting that encouragement like from from the from the parents and from you know I mean I don't know if do you have siblings my siblings weren't always so supportive they always like to we always like to rip on each other but <laughs> yeah well so I'm the oldest of uh, four girls okay so I have three younger sisters but two of them really didn't exist yet mm. um <laughs> okay so there there's like a huge age gap um I was. 17 and then 19 when my two youngest sisters were born. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So they were just little babies when I was like starting really to be comfortable playing music. So of course they liked it, but they were babies. So, (laughs) um, and then my other little sister, um, she was actually like me. Uh, she didn't really write her own lyrics. Like I was more of like singer songwriter, lyricist, mm-hmm. um, thinking of melodies and words and how they all fit together. And she actually played guitar, and she was like really good. I feel like um, I feel like she should have done more with that. Like she still should. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, she um, she was just learning like all these. I don't know the songs that were popular at that time that had like fun guitar parts, like Coheed and Cambria. And oh, things nice. Like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and she was like so much better at that than me. So we would, uh, like we would just go to like guitar shops together, like uh guitar center, whatever else was around us at that mm-hmm. time. And we would go in like the guitar room and just shut the door and like play together. <laughs> and I think we did an open mic night like once, but in general, she was even more shy about it than I was. Okay. So w- it didn't really help, you know? Sure. Were those, uh, were those a mic, was there a decent crowd at those open mics that you guys would go to? Was that, yeah, I'm I sure mean, that played we into- lived in Southern California. And oh, okay. so it was a busier place. Yeah. I grew up in Pierre, but um, I started high school in Southern California. And that was also when my younger sister was starting middle school. So, gotcha. Um, so the last of our teen years, we kind of grew up in Southern California, um, kind of like halfway between San Diego and LA. It was just a nice suburban town. Murrieta was where we lived. Okay. So um, yeah, that's where we grew up. And in that area, I feel like it's just a lot more populated. So even if it's like a niche music scene, like there's just a lot of people. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the challenges just being in South Dakota is that I've noticed and everyone I've talked to has said the same thing is just the, I mean, population is 800,000 or something like that in the entire state. So, I mean, if you are trying to start any kind of a music career, if you want to use that word around here, um, your your audience is extremely limited because then you also got to take into account, you know, where can you get gigs um, and what places have gigs? Usually it's late at night. How many people stay at late at night? So you're cutting down the population immensely if you're trying to do yeah. any type of, of, I guess, public music um, awareness, um, not awareness, but um, yeah, I think career might be the, might be the right word I'm looking for there um, in this area. And uh there's been a several people I've known that have moved away because of that. And it always breaks my heart because I, I feel like if we would stick it out, I think maybe in 50 years, we'll see something different. I mean, we won't get to enjoy it, but maybe our kids will or something like that. But I feel like, um, 
I'm seeing something different right now. Okay. And it's not super prevalent, but like, I feel like the world, especially after we all went through this past year, um, is it's sort of moving in the right direction. And um, it kind of forced everybody to get online in a deeper way than they were before. Mm-hmm. And it forced a lot of musicians to learn how to live stream, which I... I feel like very lucky because I actually was really, really interested in live streaming. There was a couple platforms that had caught my eye and that I watched other musicians on and I thought, you know, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was looking for ways to, like what you were saying, just kind of grow my audience and have like, you know, maybe not a completely South Dakota audience, maybe a bigger audience, you know? so I kind of started diving into that before the pandemic hit and um, actually kind of stopped, not completely stopped, but um, I wasn't able to do it as much once the pandemic hit because then my kids were home with me all the time. Yeah, that changes the game immensely. <laughs> so, yeah, but I've still gotten a lot of recording done in that time. So hmm. yeah, but I think like right now I feel very positive about um, maybe not the music industry as a whole, but about like being an artist wherever you are mm-hmm. because of the internet. Like I feel like, you know, I can release music and it goes everywhere, you know, and doesn't matter where I am in that moment. Like if I release the music to all the online stores of the internet, yeah, yeah. then, you know, then it doesn't matter where the listeners are. Like they're going to, hopefully find it. Yeah, <laughs> That's gonna the f- tricky part, I guess. Yeah, but, um, that's true. Yeah, it's just, I felt like my audience is growing, but not locally, just in general, mm-hmm. you know? Do you see like, because there's a lot in there that I I know I wanted to talk to you about today, um, but uh, before we do that, do you, do you see, so living living where you live, I mean, your the population out near you is it's like thirteen thousand. Yeah, it's pretty, and so that's about the size of Spearfish, um, a little bit larger, I think, population wise. But then we aren't that far from like Rapid from City Rapid. and Deadwood, and yeah. you know all those places that have all these things. So you, you're when you say thirteen thousand, and you're out there, and that's it, right? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's just like an island, like. Um, if I want to go to Target, I have to drive like three hours yeah. in any direction to yeah. find a Target, you know? Um, yeah, it is. It's it's very uh, limiting in some ways. Um, I like being close to my family. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the biggest reason that we're out here. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know about right now, but I feel like when we first moved here, um, my kids were really thriving too. Like through the pandemic, eh, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, they they actually have really enjoyed just being out here. I like having them, you know, just be able to like walk to school and things like that. Like you you literally literally can't walk to school in Southern California, like when you're a little kid, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I don't know. There's things like that 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 I just really appreciate. So when you, when you're going through like, putting your music online and everything like that. And do you, do you even try to push locally at all? 
for like local awareness of your music or a local audience? Or is it mostly just, hey, this is where I live. The majority of people that are, that are one, into music, into indie artists. And so, you know, everything like that aren't around here. So if I'm doing anything, I'm, my focus is outward. And if someone close or a group of people close happen to enjoy it, great. But that's not why I'm doing it or where my focus is when I create my music. Is that, does that even go through your head at all? Or, um, I feel like lately it hasn't. I did, um, I did want more local fans. Like at one point I remember like pushing my Facebook page just to, um, to just South Dakota, just the state of South Dakota, just so that, you know, if there was music lovers that had never heard of me, you know, that at least I'd maybe be a name in their head or they'd click the like button and then like listen to something later on. Um, Because I, I think I do want, you know, more local fans, but like you said, it's a little bit difficult when there aren't a lot of venues. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I say that, I'm, I guess I'm really saying too, that there aren't a lot of venues that focus on um, original music. Right. So I've played several gigs that are just, you know, that are fun for me and that make me some money, but I play mostly covers you know, and it's just because that's just like a money gig, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm just kind of picking songs based on like what I think the audience would like to hear while they drink. You know? Right. <laughs> so. And not really you listen know, to you. You're just kind of in the background. Yeah. Like I'm kind of more background music and I'm just kind of like being a people pleaser. Not really right. doing my artist thing. Will I throw some originals in there? Sure. But, you know, it's not like um, the type of shows that I want to put my focus on, you know? So in your mind, those are two separate things for you. Like you have your artistry side and then you have your, hey, I got to, I got to make some cash and type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's, that's been my biggest, one of the things I've noticed this past year has been my biggest struggle is the majority of my time was spent doing gigs to make cash and uh, when that all went away um, this past year, it hit me. Like I kind of went through a, a, I don't want to call it a self-crisis, but it was like this, hey, do I really enjoy doing this? <laughs> um, because mm-hmm. all of a sudden I was able to get to bed at a decent hour. I wasn't coming home at one o'clock in the morning after a gig and everything like that. And it was really nice. My weekends were free. I could, you know, hang out with my kids and do stuff in the evenings. And it was really great. And it really kind of made me focus a lot on the songwriting part and the artistry part of, of the, of music, of what I, what I love and what I do. And, um, it kind of reached, it reshifted my focus a lot and that yeah. was unexpected, I think, for, for me at least. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, well, right before the pandemic, uh, kind of around Christmas time, uh, I was like, I was kind of panicking. Like, <laughs> I was kind of feeling like, uh, I was like freaking out that I didn't have an album released yet. Mm-hmm. And that the only thing that I really did have released, I kind of like didn't like it that much. Um, which I mean, I do like it. It's 
but it's just a live recording. Um, it's live recordings from a gig that I did. It's called Live at Drifters. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just didn't feel like it fully showcased my abilities or my songwriting or like really anything. I don't. I, so I just felt like it was a really mediocre live performance. And I felt like I can just hear that I was a little bit nervous because I was in front of a real audience, you know? <laughs> and you know it's um, recording. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so um, so I feel like I could hear that in my own voice, even if nobody else says that to me. I'm like, well, I know like that I was nervous. And I feel like I could, I've done better performances of it and I probably will again in the future. So just to have that be the only thing out there that when people search for my name, that that's what they find. I was yeah. just like... I'm not okay with that. Like I need to change that like right now. (laughs) And so um, I decided I was going to learn music production and that has been just the best adventure so far. Interesting. Um, Yeah. It's been just really, really fun and kept me so busy throughout the pandemic and everything because, you know, there's so much to learn about that. And I already kind of knew some basics. Like I knew how to like set up a microphone for myself and hit record mm-hmm. in a DAW, but um, but I didn't know a lot of other things. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't understand compression and EQ and gain staging and like all these other things that go into it. And yeah. um, all these other little tricks that really can make music sound amazing. And so I've been learning about that and I've been recording a lot more and that's really made me feel a lot better about the fact that I don't have gigs going on. Um, And I can't even tell you how exciting it is to see like, you know, two more dollars from Spotify because I'm like, that's a lot of streams. (laughs) Right. You know, it sounds so silly to get excited about like pennies, but it is exciting when it's like, um, you know, it's your music your songwriting and then also like you produced it like i don't know that's like well and it's just like a, another level of creativity that you can kind of put on there and and someone's listening to it i mean if it's being yeah, streamed exactly it's, and you there's know, people out there listening right that's what's really cool i um the music production side of it i'm I don't even know if I'd have the time to dive into all of that. Where did you, uh, where did you go? Or I'm sure was it online? I'm guessing to like learn stuff. Was there like yeah. a classes you took, or did you just kind of go through the rabbit hole on YouTube, or how'd you do it? <laughs> well, so the first, I really wanted to dive in, like seriously. So I took a Berkeley, um, the College of Music class oh, okay. online, yeah, yeah. and it was. Um, was not DAW specific, so not software specific, but it was um, it was just about like you know um, recording and producing, mm-hmm. like all the basics of recording and producing. So I took that one, and then I also bought another separate course that was just specific to the DAW that I use, which I use Ableton. Okay. So I was kind of doing both at the same time, learning all the recording techniques and just tech like general techniques of um you know all the different steps and tips on all the different steps of recording something mm-hmm. and then um and then just learning my actual daw and how to do those things in the software that I have or Man. the mics that I have and the you know the interface I have like everything so it was like a lot of gear learning, but I don't know. I feel like I finally got over my fear of gear, which I did have for a while. <laughs> I was just like, nope, I just want to go to a place with my guitar and then let somebody else 
plug it in and right. do the things. Yeah. You know, that's what I preferred. And I think actually moving out here is when I got over that fear. Like, first off, I started working at a music store. So I had to learn something. Sure, sure. And then secondly, all the gigs out here, they would always ask me if I could bring my own PA. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah. I guess I need a PA. So like I eventually did get one and that really opened up a lot of doors for me as far as like playing for different events and stuff. I never had to worry about like, you know, renting one from the music store or whatever like that. But um, yeah, I obviously had to learn my own PA. And then I also started getting into looper pedals because Mm. again, I was introduced to it at the music store and I learned the basics of how to use it so I could show people and I totally fell in love with it. So (laughs) that's something that I've been doing now and it's, I don't know, it's helpful if, um, if you're good at harmonies too. Like I like to layer backing vocals for myself Sure. and, um, like I'm not actually that great at guitar. I don't feel like a fantastic guitar player, but if I can like, layer a little bass line in there and like <laughs> layer a little right. squiddlies like on top of it, then all of a sudden I sound really good at guitar. Well, and to the so, audience, it's amazing. No. You know, the exactly, audience is like, yeah. whoa. So in all the different parts I do are, are generally like really simple. Yeah. But um, yeah, when you're able to layer it and start and stop things, it's like, I feel like it's almost like you're producing something live. <laughs> so I mean, essentially, you know, that's, yeah, that's exactly what yeah. you're doing, and you can you kind of be become a, a bit of a gearhead because then you you get. So when I I didn't I was the same way years ago. I just had a guitar and I'd plug it into um, the sound system at Flanagan's, which is where I only did my only gig, and then. You're right. And I hadn't thought of that though. But when you're a musician out here, like if you don't have your own equipment, it extremely limits you on what you're able to do. Um, So you're kind of forced to look into, okay, what's a good solo artist sound system that's easy to transport, easy to carry, easy and sounds good and can fill up a room and you got to go through all of that. Um, and then I started, you know, looking into pedals and I have a looper and I've got a booster and I've got, you know, um, yeah, I was actually getting ready to build my own pedal board, um, around my RC 300, which is, if you look it up, it's like such a giant pedal. It's the biggest (laughs) looper pedal you could (laughs) possibly get. (laughs) Probably unnecessary for most people, but I definitely do use all the things on it. Um, (laughs) And so I wanted to build like a small pedal board to go kind of like as an upper layer mm-hmm. next to my looper. And I was like looking into all the things I wanted on it. And then the pandemic hit and like there was no live gigs anyway. So yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll just spend all my money on more courses and learn more production <laughs> things some stuff. instead. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, like plugins for my DAW and all yeah. this stuff. So, yeah, so eventually when I start playing gigs again, maybe that'll be a, a bigger priority, like a better desire, and I'll finally make myself a little pedal yeah. board. <laughs> Everything shifts. Everything has to shift. And um, I mean, and finances are a part of that. With how, what, what do we spend our money on as musicians? There's so many toys and gadgets out there. And um, so doing those classes and getting into that, 
that all led to so your your release when did it it came out just recently right indiscreet the yeah EP? um indiscreet is just a four song ep and it came out last month on my birthday which was february yeah. 13th awesome Valentine's Day, if you will. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I never yeah, get invited just, to those, Katie, so I don't get to celebrate. Oh, dang so. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what it came out. And um, that one was, I feel like I was more of a co-producer, honestly. And okay. my husband did most of the producing on that. Nice. And it's actually the only um, release that we had professionally um, mastered. And so we got mixed feedback from the mastering engineer as well and tweaked some things before he did his final master. So there was definitely some extra steps like that we took to make sure that it was, you know, just top quality. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad uh, because I feel like all of those songs, um, well, some of them waited a really long time to even be recorded. You know, yeah. and um, and it was just some song that I was just like, well, this just deserves more than just me playing it at a gig sometimes, you mm -hmm. know. So um, it was really cool to just dive in. And I also just did whatever I wanted. Um, and by that, I mean, like some people are very like, okay, my recording has to be exactly like what people are going to expect live. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really want that for this. I wanted it to be like a good listening experience, you know? Gotcha. So instead of like trying to, you know, have this be some recording that, um, that just, I don't know, is exactly what you can expect live. It's more of just like, I don't know, a good listening experience. And I used whatever sounds... I thought would help create the feeling of the song and go with the lyrics and everything. So yeah, yeah. there's definitely some things in there that where you're like, what is that? So you, <laughs> like, you're, is that a synth? your know. goal is, was more, I would, I would say to flesh the song out completely. So when people hear they're, they're hearing the song in its entirety and fullness instead of, Oh, Katie's on her acoustic at a, at drifters or something like that, for example. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I just wanted to hear, I guess I wanted people to hear like the whole vision that I had in my head of this yeah. song. So um, yeah, that's kind of where I went with it. And and I think that we did a really good job on it. I just, I mean, I feel like it works and, um, and all of the sounds and um, backing vocals and things like that do kind of, I don't know, emphasize like what I wanted it to emphasize. Sure. So it's catchy. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good. Like uh, the two songs that really stand out to me are making me choose and wrong with me. Um, like I really like those tunes. I was going to tell you that they, uh, they're, they're catchy. They stick in your head. They have really good hooks and they sound like you said, the listening experience for it is, is solid. It's really, really good. So uh, you should definitely well, be proud of yourself. Uh, <laughs> The day before yesterday, I just actually released an acoustic version of Making Me Choose. Too. Oh, I have to hunt so that, that one down. So that way, okay. you know, people can hear like what it is like when I just play it with my acoustic guitar. Sure. And um, I feel like that one, I it has more of a melancholy feel, which I, I mean, it's 
the recording on the EP is so like poppy sounding, even mm-hmm. though the lyrics are like not that happy. Yeah, the <laughs> so, lyrics are pretty. I mean, it does yeah. make sense that anything else would be like a little bit more melancholy <laughs> sounding, but yeah, yeah. Um, I I do like the acoustic one as well. That's cool. That was just me in here setting up my own mics and stuff to just doing to it yourself. That. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna have to hunt that one down because I've I've always been a fan of just acoustic music. Um, I think it's it's I don't know what's drawn me to it, but I I love just acoustic. I think it's the I, I grew up listening to the singer songwriters, you know, the Towns Van Zants and the you know John Prines and things like that. So when you have people like that, that those are my influences. It's like that's what they did, you know, and they'd get a band every now and then, but when you really want to dive into them as an artist, it's them and a guitar, you know, but yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, and of course I listen to all kinds of music too. It's not just that, but that's always been my, my uh, kind of where my heart's been at is acoustic, which is um, plus it's easier to do when it's just you and one instrument. And maybe I'm just lazy or just don't know enough to do everything else involved, but uh, it's a lot easier when it's just, just you, you know? But, yeah. Um, and there's so much you can do. Like, yeah. I feel like even if it is just you and an instrument, there's just so many little things that you can do that make it your own and kind mm-hmm. of, I don't know. And that's probably, that's probably been something that I, I could look into, but like I said, maybe that comes back to being lazy. Like I layering over different things like you were talking about earlier is, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just a time thing, just not finding the time to do it or, or the desire, but uh, I get it. And like I said, the indiscreet EP sounds phenomenal. So you did all of that except the mastering, the recording it, and that's all the instruments and all the music. Is that all you too? Or did you have some other people jump on there with you? Or I did, yeah. So we actually decided to um, hire a drummer, Okay, which was great because... I'm I'm like on drums. It's kind of like how I am on guitar. Pretty mediocre. <laughs> so um, I, I have a great sense of rhythm, which comes in handy for looping and things like that. Uh-huh. But um, definitely not an expert drummer. So um, I and I wanted some other people on it. You know. Anyway, my husband found this drummer. I loved her style. She's from San Diego, where we lived for quite a while, and. Um, I just really liked her. So anyway, her name is Rebecca Sykes, and she did the drums on the three tracks that have drums. One of them doesn't have drums, mm-hmm. Sleep. So, um, and she actually did drums for one more song. And so we're going to um, put that one together and release it later in the year. And that's called Feelers, which I've only ever played it live. Um, yeah. So we'll have that one as well. But anyway, that's Rebecca Sykes was my drummer and I highly recommend looking her up on Instagram because she always posts like these little uh, videos of her like covering a song or just doing some beat that's really different. And you can just tell right away, like, wow, she is so talented. That's cool. So um, yeah, I just basically sent her acoustic versions of the songs and I said, hey, I I like your style. So I'm just going to like, Trust your professional <laughs> yeah. drummerness, and just you can just do what you want. 
And she was like, all right, just tell me if you don't like it. And everything she sent back, I was like, I like it. And making me choose was the only one that I listened to it. And I was like, wow, like I wouldn't have done anything like this, but I still love it. (laughs) So we used it and we built the track around it. Um, But yeah, that was really the only one that like totally surprised me. The other ones, I was just like, you nailed it. That's so awesome. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's really cool. That one I was like, oh, you nailed it. But like in a totally different way than I expected. So yeah, she was a drummer. And then um, on the song, All I Can Do, there's a male vocal in the chorus. Uh, oh, that's right. Vocal. Yeah. And that was actually um, a classmate of mine. His name's Will Evans. And um, we like worked together while we were in this course. Mm-hmm. And I just really liked his voice and stuff. And he Sweet. was also like, uh, he's in Texas. And he was also like singer, songwriter and producer. So I was like, yeah, he, I'm sure he could just, pop a vocal over to me really quick and he was sweet and did so that's (laughs) that's what I used for that song and then there was just a few instruments that I had my husband on so I suck at keyboard I know I'm really not talking myself up for like any instrument right now. I can't play. I can't do anything, but hey. Basically, I just have a good imagination for songs and I can like put it together. Um, (laughs) That's the only thing I could say like that I, that I feel like I'm really good at imagining. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, um, my husband did the organ and keys on pretty much any song that's in there. If it has organ or a keyboard of any sort, um, that was him. So, hmm. and then he did some of the production work. Like he's the one who hit record, and I would play the stuff. Okay. Um, and then you know, it was mostly him doing the mixing. I was just standing behind him, being really bossy. <laughs> so, um, do you have practice yeah. in that, or is, you know, I mean, is he used to that, or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we have um, we have a project together called Moon and Sea. Oh yeah, so that's right. The, yeah, so um, yeah, so yeah, he he's been doing it for a while, and I feel like um, you know because it's not like a constant thing he's doing. It's been like you know, but we've we've been releasing music as Moon and Sea for like ten years, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he doesn't really like to go out and perform the way that I do. Um, like I'm more like you, like it's been a big part of my life to just go out and play shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and he is more of the way that I described that, that I did indiscreet. Like he likes to make this recording, like how a painter paints something. They don't put on, they don't have to go and put on a performance and repaint it. (laughs) The way that we do with our songs. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, you create the piece of art and then you're done. You know, um, that's kind of, I feel like that's what I think of the way that he makes music. It's that's like a good analogy. he creates this recording, this piece of art, and then it's just done. He doesn't like play it over and over forever. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I had, that's a really good analogy. There's a lot of, a lot of artists like that, more than you th- I think we realize that just like to be in the studio creating stuff and putting it out. They're not a big fan of the public performance of it. Um, and I hadn't, I hadn't heard it put like that before as a painting. That's, that's, yeah, you nailed it. Absolutely. That's cool. 
I did want to ask you, so I was going through Spotify and looking through it. Um, like you've released a lot of singles, um, which is becoming more and more common for a lot of indie artists and a lot of artists just in general is they're kind of moving away from the full album experience to just putting singles out. And is that, is that on purpose or is that just, Hey, I'm done with the song. Let's put it out. Or is there any kind of a rhyme and a rhythm to why you do that? Yeah. Um, well, I feel like it's a combination of the answers to those questions. Um, first of all, I feel like when I released running, that was the first single that I released, um, since pale blue moonlight, which is like, that's from 2018. So that's, it's been a while. Um, and running was the first song that I just wrote and recorded and mixed. And I even mastered it myself, um, which you're not supposed to do actually, but really, <laughs> I did okay. all those things by myself and I listened to it and I was just kind of like, um, I was proud of it. It was the first thing that I like completed after taking all these courses and, um, and I was getting compliments on it from my classmates that would, they were like the only people that really got to hear it before it was released. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was kind of reaching this point of really kind of anxious to release something because like I said, I wasn't super happy with my past releases and I hadn't released something in like over two years. So I'm sitting here like, I need to, let the people know that I'm an active musician, yeah. you know, Still doing this. So I went ahead and just put it out there like as soon as I could. And then I just was like, Hey, my song's out. You know, I didn't even tell people like, it's going to be out on this day. I just put it on the sale internet. and all that like, stuff. This needs to be out there. <laughs> and I mean, I feel like everybody was really like a little bit surprised because you know, it's not just like an acoustic song. It's poppy. It's got like a really weird, synth sounding bass in it and mm -hmm. I just it just all worked so I was just like this is gonna go out right now yeah. um so that was kind of my my first that was my mind my mindset in in releasing that one and then after that I just wanted to not only release more material but also showcase um my own abilities as far as like recording and mixing so um I went ahead and released the next song. I don't even remember the name of it off the top of my head. It was like the one that I worked on throughout the Berkeley class that I took. And um, it also just, I felt like these songs kind of were out on their own um, in a way that they they didn't really fit in any particular like group of songs. Okay. So um, I didn't really have an album or a theme in mind for those ones. And so I was just like, well, they can just be out there on their own. I've heard singles is the way to go right now anyway. So we're just going to go with that. Sure. And um, then I've also heard that releasing like every two months is really good. And um, just like for like algorithmically, just to keep people. Really? I hadn't heard in that. Loop. Interesting. Yeah. That's what I've been hearing. Okay. Um, and I don't know if that's just like, a Spotify thing or an Apple music thing or what, but um, I've heard that that's good for, I don't know, 
algorithms. I mean, just staying in, <laughs> just staying in the front of people's face, I would imagine, because yeah. the, the, if you put something out and then you wait a while, you just drop, you know, and then you got to like jump back up to the top and jump back up. News feeds, I yeah. mean, social media has changed the way we perceive the reality of the world anymore. So that makes sense to me. I just hadn't heard that. That's That's really clever. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really know how true it is, but I feel like it's working for me. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, you know, now that I have my own little home studio set up and I understand production and I feel like I'm learning something every time I release something, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I can do that. Like I can release something every couple months if I want to. So I might as well. (laughs) So I think I'll just keep doing that. I'll keep releasing singles. And another um, another reason that I've been doing singles and another reason that Indiscreet is only four songs is that after um, coming across a few different like online articles or recommendations to do singles and EPs as opposed to an album, I kind of felt like this weight was lifted off me, that I didn't have to actually sit down and complete this entire 12-song album. Mm. And, you know, I had made lists in the past of like, okay, my album's going to have these songs and it would be like 16 songs. And (laughs) I was like, okay, whatever songs I like, (laughs) like whatever 12 I like the recordings of best, that's what we end up on it. (laughs) And, um, and it never really happened. It never came together. And that's why, like I was saying, like I, I was so sad that I didn't have an album released. And now I I don't really care that I don't have an album release. Like I have a lot of releases. If you look at my releases, eventually I'll do a whole album. But right now um, I'm really happy with doing singles and like double singles where it's just two songs together and EPs. Um, Well, and the consumption of music has changed too. I mean, a lot of people, they find a playlist on Spotify and they're only listening to one or two songs from an artist on that playlist. And maybe they dive in and find find some more, but uh, it's definitely like I'm, so I'm in the middle of working on an album right now, but, and I'm doing a full album, but I've done a couple EPs already. And, uh, so I'm like, well, I really wanted, but I was in the same boat as you. I had like 14 songs. I'm like, I'll just do them all and put them out there. And then I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't do that because what happens with albums a lot is you have 10 to 12 songs on an album and then people listen to the first four or five and then the the B side, if you would, if you rather will, um, gets forgotten about a lot. And so then no one gets to yeah. hear those songs. But if you're putting them out in singles or in EPs and things like that, everyone's, that song gets brought up to the front a lot more than it would if it's the ninth or eighth song on an album. Um, so there's yeah. there's a give and take to all of it. And uh, plus, I mean, if you're recording singles and putting them on Spotify, you have more music, you have music up there quicker so you're able to start getting streams in and get those $2 from Spotify in a lot sooner than if you were doing a whole album. Yeah. So <laughs> I will say I was thinking a lot about exactly what you described about people just probably honestly, it's mostly like a time thing. Like if they're in the car and they start your album, they're probably going to get to wherever they're going before yeah. they get through the entire album. And so then, like you said, those last few songs just, aren't going to get listened to. And then maybe they'll get home and start your album again. And like the same thing will happen. (laughs) Something will come up halfway through and they'll stop listening to your album. 
So um, I really liked the idea of like putting out the song and like giving each song just like its own little moment in the sun, its own little 15 minutes of fame. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it gets all the attention um, until your next release. And I just, I like the idea of doing that. And even with Indiscreet, I actually released Wrong With Me, which is the last song on there. Um, I released that as a single like a few weeks before Indiscreet came out. Mm-hmm. And if you look at that, it has like a ridiculous amount of more more plays than like, yeah, the other song. I saw that. Like, yeah, well, and it got on some playlists and that's like why. It's like what you said. Like if you get on a popular playlist or whatever, then people are going to be just hearing that one song that like whatever's in the playlist. Mm-hmm. So that's why. And, well, and how many um, businesses will find a Spotify playlist and just kick it on and repeat and it just loops and so their, then, in their store yeah, or whatever. So yeah. That's kind of the way to do it when you're talking about streams anymore, you know? So yeah, I mean, I was like, whoa, wrong with me is definitely the hit song when you look at the streams, you know, but yeah, for sure. And I feel like, um, sleep is like, um, kind of catching up. Not really, because Wrong With Me has like a ridiculous amount of plays, but like <laughs> Sleep is like, um, it's just getting played a lot more than the other two as well. So That's I'm cool. just like, okay, hmm, I wonder if people are like adding that one to their playlist or what. So, mm. um, and it definitely has, it's the only one without drums. It has a little bit of a different vibe, a little bit more melancholy than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of Do your songs, the story. Are your songs all... Um, kind of autobiographical like about experiences or, or things you've been through or are they do you start with like a topic and then flesh a song out from there with lyrically I guess um lyrically I f- I feel like most of the time it is going to be like a personal situation or a lot of times I'm just kind of talking about feelings and um like my own train of thought okay kind of wherever that leads me mm-hmm. um that's usually how I write. I don't do too much that's like storytelling, but I do have some songs that are. Um, and those are pretty much the two the two ways that I write. I got you. Yeah, when I was listening to, to it, um, what's the making me choose and, and wrong with me both. I'm like, man, those are really deep lyrics. These, those have to be experience-based and some on some level, I would think. You know, I mean, there's... Uh, that's that's the one of the is it a a joy or a burden of being a songwriter is you put your experiences out on your sleeve and just let everybody inside to listen you you know yeah and it's so funny like it's like what I was telling you like I think that I've always kind of written that way and that's probably why it took me so long to be able able to perform in front of my peers because it's not like you're just singing in front of people. It's like you're singing your feelings and your soul. You're telling secrets. (laughs) Yeah, your secrets. And like, I don't know. Now it's like, I guess I don't really care that much like what people think. Like there's always going to be this thing like you hope that's somebody out there appreciates what you do or can relate to you. Mm-hmm. But in general, I kind of also have this other side of me. That's just like, there's going to pe- be people that like, don't get it or that don't like it or that think that I should have done things differently. And I just don't care. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, 
go release your album then. Or you they're going to read so. into it. Like that's one of the, th- so most of the songs I write are about experiences and emotions I had eight to seven years ago. And I'm finally to the point where I can like think through them clearly. And so that yeah. was before I met my wife. And so some of them are about heartbreak and sadness and that. And then people listen to it and they're like, you guys doing okay? I'm like, oh, calm down. We're fine. It's, you know, like this <laughs> oh my is goodness, a song. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my husband released a song um, on our EP, Control, if you look at Moon and Sea. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we recently like did a little podcast interview with somebody and he was, and he pretty much asked that like, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's really funny. And we were just like, Oh no, like that was actually just totally like made up. Cause we were talking about the pandemic. And um, so a lot of the themes in that EP kind of revolve around the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you hear like on the news and I guess everywhere is that, um, one of the like unintended consequences of just keep keeping people in their houses all the time is that, um, you know, people are fighting basically. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's, I remember seeing you know, that, and there's yeah. like a lot of issues with that. And, um, and we wanted to highlight that, like just kind of like those unintended consequences of, you know, keeping people that are maybe in unhealthy relationships in the house together yeah. <laughs> for long periods of time is like not a great idea, but what do you do? You know? Yeah. Um, anyway, so we highlighted that in one of the songs and um, yeah, <laughs> wow. that we were like, yeah. So, and I, I mean, if, when you listen to it, it does sound like that because we're talking in first person, yeah. you know? So it could totally be, you know, thought of like that, but we were like, no, we're just trying to, like highlight issues of the well, you know. it's it's the same thing. Like when people write a murder ballad, you know that doesn't right. mean they're out. Yeah. You're they like, didn't did murder you kill someone. someone. <laughs> you no. know, it's a song. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, people do it, and I think a lot of it is people trying to get to the meaning behind the lyrics and trying to understand it. And um, I I don't know, but and some of it is just not understanding the songwriting process. I think for a lot of people, they just they don't they think it's all you know, first person experience based. And, and some of it is some of the, it, I think it stems from there. And, but it also stems from just having understanding and empathy for like the human condition and being able to put that into words, you know? And so yeah. it, whether or not it's your experience or not. And I think the more, the more, the songs that I listen to and that I really like, or um, a lot of it is that where people just are writing about, things that people go through and they are just really good at putting it into words that work. Um, so yeah, but it's, it is funny having to clarify to people that no, my wife and I are good. We're fine. It's just a song. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And oh. it's like, I guess, you know, like you said, I can see how people would be confused because there are definitely songs that are right. That are like totally about my actual feelings about yeah. things, but yeah, they're not all like that and <laughs> right, probably right. wouldn't put it out there like if me and my husband were having issues. So I think that's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> you yeah, know like, what I mean? It's submitted as like, evidence in a court of law. No, she wrote this song, Your Honor. No, calm. <laughs> oh, man. People. People are funny, though. That's yeah. that's the thing. Like That's why I miss a lot of times hanging out with people is they're, they're, it makes for good stories, you know? It just yeah. does. but. I did want to ask you about uh, Twitch 
because mm, yeah. you do that often. And yeah, there's I, a I, lot of artists that have jumped to that or n- not necessarily just that platform. There's a few platforms that offer it, but how's that been going? Like, do you enjoy that? Is that a good thing? I love it so much. Okay. And I actually like, so I've been kind of stressed out because I have not um, been on Twitch for a month now. Oh, okay. And I, I feel like extra guilty too, because I just got like an unexpected payout. Like, and I was just like, oh, like they're paying me anyway. But (laughs) (laughs) anyway, I just like, um, I feel like it's been a little bit stressful for me lately, just with my kids being home all the time Mm -hmm. that I was finally kind of just gave in. And I was like, I'm not going to force myself to do anything stressful. It's supposed to be fun. (laughs) Sure. So um, right now I'm just like, so looking forward to putting my kids back in public school because right now I'm 100% homeschooling, mm-hmm. which was my choice because I wanted consistency for them. You know, sure. I didn't want them being kicked out of school because the school closed and back in school and then kicked out of the right. school because they're close contact and the max, you know. So I was just like, well, there's just not, not going to be any consistency there. And I, I don't know if I can handle that anyway. So yeah. here we are homeschooling. And next year we plan on putting them back in. And, um, when they do that, I definitely have some plans to be streaming multiple times a week on Twitch because I feel like that's just where my audience is. Like, I don't know. That's mm. that's where my best audience is, I guess I should say. That's like cool. the ones that I feel like understand me and wanna just hang out. Like I could stream for like three hours and I will have people that watch for three hours. Really? So, wow. Yeah. And I'm just playing my own songs and then also communicating with the chat. So they will just talk to me the whole time. And um, I have a song list so they can put a chat command in like exclamation point SR for song request and then the name of the song. And if it's on my song list, then it'll put itself in a little queue for me and I can just go down the requests and just play the songs. That's and, amazing. Um, yeah, and it's really fun. And some people will tip when they request a song so that you play it sooner or just to be nice. Some people will just, you know, tip anyway. And if they're not a subscriber, then they see like a little ad. And that's that's just where the money comes from, just from people who jump on to watch. Then they see like a 30-second ad before they can actually watch. And then I get okay. ad money or they subscribe and... You get money. That is really interesting to me because I've I've never looked into like the the streaming side of performance, and I did. I mean, I've done a few Facebook lives and Instagram lives and things like that. But to have like a a, a specific channel that is just just the artist performing music, getting requests. Basically, it's a virtual concert. Um, mm-hmm. Just. Uh, it kind of blows me away that the technology exists, but also that people are successful with it and enjoying it just kind of surprises me if I'm being completely honest. Like, I don't know if I would enjoy that very much, but I guess I'd never know until you try, right? Yeah, but. I mean, so what I've discovered is that, um, well, at first it was really awkward for me because like I said, I was getting used to playing those like, what we call like money gigs, you know? Yeah. And so I was used to being background music, but even if, if you do like the other type of gig where you're playing your songs to an audience that's listening, 
like you get the claps in between and things like that and um, you know, audience feedback mm-hmm. and you can't really hear any claps when you're yeah, online. It's just you. But yeah. Twitch is like a little bit different because there's just the chat. I just feel like is more active and people go to that platform expecting to watch somebody live stream on Facebook. I feel like it's just an extremely distracting platform and I definitely use it, you know, uh, but I hadn't thought um, of that. if you're live on Facebook, people aren't on Facebook looking to watch somebody live stream, at least most of the time. So yeah. like, yeah, they'll see that you're live streaming and then they, they'll click on you cause they like you and they'll watch you for a while. But in like 10 seconds, they're, li- they're going to get that little doink notification yeah. and they're going to click on it to see what it is. And you're gone off their screen. So I don't really like live streaming on Facebook for that reason. And when I do live stream on Facebook, it's usually just like a little short snippet that becomes a video that people will yeah. watch the video. Hey, come to Twitch. <laughs> and then like Right. Yeah. I'll just literally be like, oh, I'm gonna be streaming on Twitch on this day. And yeah. and then people will go there hopefully. And Facebook is also like Facebook doesn't pay me. And Twitch does. So like, why would I stream on Facebook, you know? And like I said before, Facebook is a really, really distracting platform for the viewers. Even myself as a viewer, like I've been distracted when I want to watch somebody live on Facebook and like just clicked on the notification and then they're gone. And I'm like, oh no, I'm missing the song now. So, you know, I get how distracting it is. And it just doesn't seem like it's made for live streaming. Whereas Twitch is made for live streaming. That very well might be what the the thought I was missing with platforms like Twitch and that, because I've been comparing them in my head to, you know, like when the pandemic first hit, my entire Facebook feed was people live streaming music over just constantly. And there were groups set up for it and everything like that, but it was not enjoyable for me at all to, to click in and watch, to see it was none of it, but yeah, that's cool that you, you, You've you've piqued my interest. Let me put it that way, because it's something that I've had on my brain and my head for a while. And I'm like, well, let me talk to Katie about it because she's been doing it for a while. And I yeah. mean, if you know, if there's a trick to it, you know, I'd, I'd imagine with how long you've been doing it, you've probably walked through all the blunders and got it dialed in at least a little bit. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's very easy for me now to go live there and. Um, and just play some songs. And I do use my looper and it's super fun. I feel very free to do what I want. And since I'm in this room with all my gear, Mm -hmm. I can just so easily grab my guitar. I can easily switch to ukulele. I can easily flip around, play a little loop on the drums real quick. Yeah. Um, And I just, I don't have to pack up a whole PA system and a drum kit mm-hmm. and a guitar and right. a ukulele and whatever else. Like You're always I don't have set to up. do all that to go <laughs> do that. Like I can literally just go live from my PC. Yeah. And um and I have all these things available to me without having to, you know, travel. So that's been like a huge benefit. And I just like the whole um the whole point of me starting to look into Twitch was when um it was after I had my daughter who you saw, which mm-hmm. was a little peanut. Yeah. Um, I started to get really anxious to get back into gigging. And I was really sad because I was like, well, I, I basically can't because I just wasn't ready to leave my daughter with anyone. Mm-hmm. And so I played a couple gigs. Like I played that Singing Doe show. Yeah. Um, but I literally left my daughter 
with my husband for like 40 minutes while I was playing. And then I literally went and I got her and <laughs> right. I wore her for the rest of the gig. Yeah. So like, it was really difficult for me to schedule anything. Sure. And um, and I was like, well, how can I do this from home? Like, how can I be a musician from home? And I found Twitch, which really was through gaming. Like, I love video games. So oh, nice. um, I just found it through there. And I realized that they have a whole section of music. And I was like, wait, what? Wow. <laughs> I thought Twitch was for gaming. And then I stumbled upon one of my old friends was playing music on Twitch, like a singer-songwriter from San Diego. And I was just like, what? Like, even my friends are doing this. And um, and he was successful doing it. And, and I was just like, well, I, I could do that. I could go live, you know, when I'm at my own house. And that sounds a lot easier than hacking up and traveling for a gig. Are there, are there like rules on Twitch? Like you can't play someone else's music. It has to all be original. Are there things like that you had to look into and... Like if someone requests a cover song to you, they send it as a request. Can you do that? Or do you have to only do original music? No, I play covers all the time. Um, yeah, I have a song list that's like mostly covers are on that list. And um, and people sometimes just suggest other random covers. And if I know it, I'll do it. What you can't do is... Um, say, oh, I don't know this song very well. Let me listen to it. And then play the actual master like of that song. Okay. Like, so I can't open Spotify and play the song on my Twitch stream. Okay. Um, otherwise, you're, they call it a VOD video on demand. It's like the recording of whatever you did. Mm -hmm. um, that will be muted. So then they won't be able to like. Yeah, and hear Facebook it. <laughs> does that as well. Like I've, I've seen that where they, they've got the algorithms where they recognize a copyrighted song. Um, yeah, I was just kind of curious how that worked out on, on, for Twitch if they if they allowed you to do that and not. Um, that's cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. Like I said, it's piqued my interest. I might do some research well, okay, today. Okay, so then I'm going to give you a warning too. <laughs> okay. Um, Twitch is not that findable, um, and what I mean by that is, if you make a Twitch account like today and like right after this recording, you like go to Twitch and you go live and you're playing some songs. Mm -hmm. You'll probably have like no viewers. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit harder to get viewers, but the the trade-off is that the viewers that you do get and that like you are are valuable. They're just so much more valuable than than on Instagram or Facebook or like any other platform that I've come across. Like they are they're music lovers. And if they stay and they're watching you, it's because they genuinely like your music and they're like becoming a fan of your style. Yeah. So I'd imagine I you have like, to grow it. Like it's, you can't just show up and hey, there's 50,000 people watching me. Like you've got to, yeah, like, every, really like anything, do. you've got to grow and be consistent and, you know, put out good stuff that people can, can tune into and enjoy. Um, yeah, that's really cool. And it's about community really cool. too. So like one thing that I do is like I I just like watching Twitch. So I have my own favorites that I like to just show up and and watch. Mm -hmm. And I get ideas for them from them sometimes, but I also just like their communities. And so if you participate in the communities and it's somebody that you like a lot, then the chances of having overlap with like the people that like that artist and the people that like you, like it's, it's a pretty good chance. So sure. sometimes you'll just end up kind of connecting with people just in the chat 
And then they'll be interested enough to just follow you and be like, oh, I wonder what she's like when she goes live or whatever. Yeah. And so you'll just get followers when you're not even live, but when you're just active in the community. So mm. I feel like a lot of my followers have come from just me being active on other people's streams. That's cool. That's really cool. That's good to hear. Yeah, that's... uh. Like I said, I mean, this this whole last year has changed the game for a lot of different people. And that was the one thing that I just could never figure out how to successfully do it virtually or anything like that. And so it was like, oh, I got to talk to Katie about it and see how Twitch is going for her. Because there's a few other platforms out there, but like anything, I mean, you know, longevity draws people in, and, you know, and so and Twitch has been around a while. So it's, you know, one of those platforms that has... A decent group of people using it already. So that's cool. And it's getting better too. Like when I started, the music on Twitch was, it was a smaller community and it was also kind of hidden. So a lot of people didn't really know that it existed. And they've since changed the homepage of twitch.tv on this. There's a, like a big thing that says music. You know, it's very mm -hmm. obvious that this is like also a place for music now. That's so cool. um, they, they're making it more music friendly in that way. And um, they also connected it. So Twitch is kind of like, I don't even know if it's like a sister or owned by Amazon. Okay. So Amazon has their own music streaming service yeah. and you can buy like just like the MP3s mm -hmm. on Amazon. And if you, um, if you use like Amazon music unlimited, then you can actually connect your Twitch account to that. And anyone that follows you on Amazon Music will get a little notification that you're live on Twitch. Oh, that's clever. So they're All kind right. of connecting things and making it a little bit easier for, you know, fans of your recordings to find you when you're live. And that's pretty cool to see too. And I hope that that gets even better. That's really neat. That's really cool to hear. Well, I think, uh, I think that might've been all I wanted to take your time away from today in that. I, it's fun to talk with another musician that has young kids and uh, the challenges that that come with that and discovering new ways to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's been... So, you know, I my job sent me to work from home now. So we, you know, my daughter, daughter's been home with me all year, which has been phenomenal because, you know, I how many parents get the chance to, you know, fathers even get the chance to just be at home with their you know, one-year-old for a whole year. It's been amazing. It's been incredible. But that does come with challenges of like sitting down, being able to find time to write and work on music and things like that because you've got a toddler you're taking care of. So, um, and you, your tag name everywhere is Mama Katie too. So it's like, yeah, that's a big part of your life. And um, I keep telling people, uh, you know, if I fail at being a parent, like it doesn't matter what I accomplish musically or anything. So that's like... That's right. the priority, but learning how to balance that and juggle that with my own desires and, and uh, goals with music is, is, uh, is fun to navigate. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting if nothing else, but yeah, yeah. I feel like my kids though, especially since they've been home and like watching me do these recordings, watching me release music, they've kind of um, gotten to see the process and like how hard I work at it mm -hmm. and have been like proud of me 
And so that's like different, that's you cool. know, like you that's really kids cool. don't care very much. So, yeah. so <laughs> to see that and, and I, I feel like I'm being a good example in that way. Like they yeah. see that I have these goals and I'm working hard to achieve these goals. And mm-hmm. that's something that I want them to do. So to be an example of that, I'm like, okay, well, Sure. I feel like I'm doing yeah, something right. That's cool. My daughter recognizes anytime I grab my guitar, she goes, Oh, daddy's song. She knows I'm gonna play I'm gonna play the guitar and, and that. And then she gets ready to dance and then she does these all these dancing while I'm playing. It's pretty cute. So Oh. Um yeah, it's <laughs> it's been fun. Like I said, it's uh it's the one thing I wanna make sure I succeed at and uh it's been a it's been quite a year of learning how to balance those two and still achieve what I want and and make sure that I'm still being the the parent that is needed for my kids so that's it's it's fun that most of the a lot of the artists I talk to in that they either don't have kids or their kids are grown up you know and that so it's it's fun to kind of have that connection and just talk through being a parent doing music with the little ones so yeah <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Katie, tell everyone where they can find your stuff, um, you know, your social medias, your website, let's, and your Twitch address and all that, that and we can, yeah. we can wrap it up. Um, I think katiedwire.com is probably the easiest way because then everything can just be linked from there. You can click on whatever social media platforms or music listening platforms are your favorite. Um, but yeah, katiedwire.com or just search Katie Dwyer and you'll pretty much find my music. So I found another Katie Dwyer when I searched Katie Dwyer on oh, Google. Oh yes. There's you a Katie will find an- Dwyer music. Mm-hmm. I clicked on it and that was not you. You're like, all. that's not her. Did she yeah, change her so hair again? Like- <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so there is, there's another Katie Dwyer and she's releasing under the name Katie Dwyer music, which I find really funny because my Facebook has been slash Katie Dwyer music for like a decade now. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know. And so anyway, she just kind of came out of nowhere this year. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm sorry. Cause I don't exactly release children's music. Like, as you probably noticed, like indiscreet is not, not really <laughs> right. children's music. Like I don't cuss in any of the songs, Yeah, but you know, I do have songs that have cuss words in them that I might release in the future. So I'm like, okay, well, good luck to your children that are going to find this. I yeah. don't know what to tell you. At some point, <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, um, I actually did reach out to her though. And I was like, Hey, like Google has us all confused and there's a picture of you, but all the links go to me. So I don't know if you can fix it, but I'm having trouble fixing it. So I don't know. We'll just see mm. what happens. Yeah. I well, don't I'll really try mind to make that sure, much anymore. Yeah. I'll try to make sure that the, the links in the show notes for this are all going to you. <laughs> so we can, yeah. we can at least yeah. fix so, that here. I mean, katiedwire.com is yeah. me and then all the links there are like, trustable. But I feel like you'll also know, like if you show up somewhere and you click on it and it's like (laughs) cheesy children's music, then that's probably not me. That's not Katie. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Uh, Well, Katie, I appreciate it very much. Thanks for coming on the show and having a little chat with me. I enjoyed this a lot. It was, I knew I would, and I learned a lot and uh, maybe at some point you'll see me on Twitch, huh? Who knows? (laughs) Yay. Yeah, if you do, then you got to let me know right away. Will do, will do. Well, you have a good rest of your day and um, good luck with the kids. Yeah, you too. (laughs) We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
Well, thanks for checking out this episode of the Heath Bar, folks. As always, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I really hope you enjoy listening to Katie and I chat. Uh, she's a phenomenal musician, incredible songwriter, and music producer now that she's getting all those skills under her belt. Uh, you can check her out on Twitch, and I'll have all the information for her on her website, katiedwyer.com, in the show notes. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at heath at the heathbarpodcast.com. Until next time.